Does the channel provide value? Focus on the foundation. I am a travel vlogger. It's always about communication. Build those partnerships. What are the problems that you solve for your clients? Just being ahead on the technological side of things. Leading an organization. You not only want to survive, but you want to thrive. They said it wouldn't last, and they said that you can't drive profitable and incremental revenue through the affiliate channel. But here we are, 20 years later, and the affiliate channel is alive and kicking and generating profitable revenue for thousands of retailers across the globe. Hi, I am Jamie Birch, your host of the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast, where we talk to some of the industry's best and brightest about their careers, about leadership, and about how to drive profitable revenue through the affiliate channel. Welcome to the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast. I am Jamie Birch, your host today and always. And also, I'm the CEO and founder of the award-winning affiliate marketing agency, JEB Commerce. So today, we have a great guest, a longtime friend, Wade Tonkin, the uh, Director of Global Affiliate Marketing for Fanatics. So before I introduce the episode, want to let you know, you may be planning right now for the rest of the year. You, maybe you're even looking forward to Q4 and you're planning your digital marketing acquisition and affiliates may be in that plan and they should be. And you're wondering how to get the biggest bang for your buck and the biggest ROI. Well, JEB Commerce is here to help you do that. And you can go to jebcommerce.com and uh, learn all about our affiliate management services. And you can also contact us and set up some time uh, to discuss your needs. You can also email us at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. Uh, and at the end of the show, I'll give you a way you can set up a meeting with me and I can help you with whatever you need. But today, I actually want to introduce the newsletter to you. Uh, you can go to jebcommerce.com slash lp slash newsletter dash signup.com. And I will include that in the show notes and sign up for our monthly newsletter where in that newsletter, we share new clients that we're working with podcast episodes like the one you're listening to right now, as well as other industry news and agency news and tips and tricks and new content that we develop. So head over there and sign up for our newsletter. Now, today, Wade and I talk about, we really do a deep dive in affiliate marketing. Um, Wade has been in this industry for uh, longer than I have. I've been doing this for 20 years. Wade's been doing it just a little bit longer. And we talk about recruiting affiliates, communicating with affiliates, and how to manage an affiliate program during hot market events. So really acute and finite events, things like the Super Bowl and things like that. So we talk about uh, how to manage a team and your affiliates during that uh, and how to increase your, your ROI. So definitely, I'll get out of the way so you can enjoy and listen to my conversation with Wade Thompson. All right, Wade Tonkin, thank you for joining me on the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast today. It's a pleasure, man. It's always good to chat with you. And uh, we've never podcasted together. So, it, you know, first time for everything. No, we've watched Seahawks playoff games. We've uh, actually, that's some of the most exciting stuff that we've done together. I think <laughs> of the Green Bay game at Affiliate Summit. Yep. That was, that was, that was a whole other adventure, man. I, I, I don't think we've ever put people in a more interesting situation for, you know, business meetings than to have to watch uh, a Seahawks playoff game with Joe and I and conduct the meeting during that complete with shots. I, so, yeah. I still don't know how you did that and got any business done. I was on the phone with my wife the whole time. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. What a, what a game. 
but we've known each other for a super long, super long time, uh, all the way back to your, uh, is Calabunga days? Uh, I think is when, when we first met way back then. Sounds about right. Yeah. It was, it was it, it, the affiliate force cruises or shortly after that. It was after that. I didn't go in the affiliate force cruise. My boss, uh, heard about that before I did. And I heard her laughing throughout the building as she <laughs> handed me the printout and said, there is no effing way I'm sending you on a booze cruise and handed it and walked away. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because I mean, so, what, what could possibly I didn't go get wrong? To go. Right? No, but I, yeah, I, uh, I was not too eager to be trapped on a boat. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not big on that sort of thing. So yeah, I, I wasn't going to push anyway, but yeah. So we, we had to meet, uh, after the affiliate force, man, that goes way back. That's it's like 2001, 2002, I think it was the, it was the ones that I went on, but yeah, it's, it definitely goes back. And the cool thing is there's still people that, that I, you know, connect with all the time that are people that I met on that. So, you know, years later, we're all still around. Yeah. That is kind of crazy. How many, I would say there's a ton of people still either still affiliates that we, you know, we both work with still affiliate managers or, or, you know, they've moved on to bigger and greater things within the industry. Um, so you don't see that. I mean, that really was the beginning of the affiliate marketing space. Yeah, a lot of people that have built companies and sold companies and built other companies and sold them. So, you know, it's it definitely um, you know had an interesting group of people that uh, I ran into there. And, you know, some of them are still, you know, pretty much family. So it's 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 a really cool industry. Definitely. And, you know, during that time, the one thing like I got to say is your physical transformation and, and what you've gone through the last five or a you know, couple of years, I don't remember exactly how long, has been incredibly inspiring. Talk to me about that. What, you know, the, the change is pretty radical. And what was the catalyst? Um, the catalyst is actually you know, kind of interesting. I was actually just talking with Jim Kukral about kind of similar stuff a few minutes ago, kind of mutual friend of ours. But um, I had gotten really big. And by really big, I'm talking like I think 360 is about the, the highest weight that I can I can, you know, kind of remember. And I like look back at, you know, pictures on Facebook, you know, every day when they pop up with your memories and I'm just blown away. Yeah. But um, I had, we were, you know, we're down in Florida now. We've been down here for you know, 10 plus years. And my family and I had just picked up um, season passes to Universal. And we went down to Universal Studios and I started, you know, I was trying to go on all these killer rides. They've got all the, you know, Harry Potter roller coasters and stuff like that and the Hulk and um, just amazing attractions down there. And every one of them, I was too big to ride on. And oh, wow. I had one that I could ride on, which is which is the Mummy, which is a pretty cool coaster. But I went to ride that with my kids, and I couldn't ride that. And I just got freaking pissed. And it, it was funny because I, I, ran, I ran into my wife, and she was waiting for us in the, you know, the gift shop at the end of the ride or the arcade. And she's like, I have never seen you look so upset about something and you know it was like almost 20 years that we'd been married at that point and so she was like i can't yeah. i've never seen you so pissed and the thing is i wasn't mad at them you know yeah. i'm not mad at universal for having you know rides that won't you know won't, won't handle a 360 pound man and so i was just like you know i've, I've got to do something about this because i mean you know not only can i not ride on these rides but i mean if i want to be around for my kids you know i i've got to get mm -hmm. healthier and i've got to you know got to take some steps to do that and, you know, one of the other issues, you know, one of the other things that kind of started the process was, you know, emceeing an affiliate summit in Philly. 
and that's the first time I actually had like I think a really you know, pretty pretty marked weight loss. Um, you know, Sean and Missy had asked me if I would MC um, at Affiliate Summit East in Philly, and I um, put a challenge out there to myself that I wanted to lose 30 pounds before I did that because I, I was like looking at my pictures from the past Affiliate Summits, going, "Damn, I'm I'm, I'm pretty big there, man. I, I don't I don't look good." And figuring if I wanted if I was going to be you know MCing the show, you know, I'd want to I want to be a little happier with my appearance. And just yeah, fitness yeah. overall. So I went ahead and said, "Hey, I'm gonna lose 30 pounds." Um, that's also when I started running because a couple of weeks after I started this challenge and I was doing Weight Watchers and dropping the weight and everything, I, I you know, I'd come across the the Couch to 5K uh, training program. So I signed up to run my first 5K, which I did in July of God, you know, it's like 2013, 2014, something like that, and ended up you know going through that and training and running my first 5K. But you know now I've I've progress from there but i'm i actually had gotten to a low point yeah, you're of about, a running animal right yeah, now. yeah i got to a low point of about 243 <laughs> uh, back i think about five months into the into the lockdown and i was just i was working out like a fiend and taking advantage of all the extra time that you know i wasn't spending driving to work at fanatics because you know everybody's working from home to yeah, you, yeah. you hit hit the gym and run and stuff and so i got down to about 243 and then about six months in, I discovered the Jacksonville Bourbon and Whiskey Society, and uh, I, I, I found a few of those pounds. But now I'm I'm kind of back, trying to get things going in the right direction again. But uh, it's it's been an adventure for sure. Man, that's amazing. I know. Right, I think right after you hosted, I had an experience because I had I, I got up to uh, my biggest weight ever, and I wasn't happy. And I went to get a uh, actually it was before I went to get a jacket fitted. Uh, buy a jacket and get it tailored for a cocktail event we were having at that summit. And uh, while I was there, the tailor teased me about my, how fat I was. <laughs> she wouldn't let it go. Uh, and then I, I, I shortly thereafter got a uh, uh, some medical issues with my liver and it was like, I got to do something. And then I saw your couch to 5k. I, and I asked you like, how did you do this? And that couch to 5K really helped me too and got me on uh, on that. Now, when you hit these, like you hit, you know, you, you found the bourbon club, uh, like how do you get back on track, man? How do you catch yourself? Yeah. And, it, and the funny thing is, it's like you start like looking at pictures and going, man, I'm starting to kind of, you know, sneak up again. And I had gotten rid of all my bigger clothes. And so, you know, when the, when the smaller stuff, cause I, mean, I went from like a three X down to an extra large and I've actually got a couple of things now where I actually fit in a large, which I haven't That's done since, since high school, you know? And it's really wow. funny now that I'm, I'm like faster now at 255 pounds than I was when I graduated high school at 199 or 195 because I actually train wow. now. And in high school, I, mean, I played tennis and golf and stuff like that, but I never actually ran yeah, cause I had, I had, you know, pretty bad exercise induced asthma. And so I, I couldn't run. Um, any kind of like extended, you know, periods of time. And, you know, since I, I got into the running, I think it's actually, you know, gotten a lot better to where, I mean, I, I don't use my inhaler all that much anymore for my asthma. I mean, it's still there, but it doesn't bother my running all that much. And I'm doing wow. crazy stuff now. I'm running like half marathons and uh, trail running is my thing right now. I've, I've kind of gotten, gotten out of road running. Cause I just, it honestly, it just bores me. I mean, the idea of like running yeah, on a right. road, you know, the same road that I run all the time is, is pretty dull. And I love running in the woods, you know, and, and being a, a Northwest kid, you know, I, I missed mountains. Yeah. And so I, I finally found, you know, some hillier trails down here. I started running races up in North Georgia where you're getting into the Appalachians and Blue Ridge Mountains where, I mean, they got some pretty yeah. nasty hills up there. And 
it's just it's just mind blowing, and it's it's so much fun to, to kind of challenge yourself with that stuff. And I did one in um, November that had about 3,500 feet of vertical on a, a 14 mile race. I was the wow. biggest guy on the mountain still, you know, by a long shot at like 250 pounds. But I got to the finish and I ran into the race director and he was like, man, that was, that's pretty impressive for, for a dude your size, you know, because I finished 55th out of 124. Wow. And so I was pretty, I was pretty stoked. And I was like, you know, the funny thing is like, I got up this morning and the weather was like 41 degrees and rainy. And I was like, man, I, I'm thinking this is my jam. I mean, I can, I can do this. This is, <laughs> this is Washington weather, man. I can, I can hang. Oh was, yeah. You I, feel like you're back yeah, home. I'm back home. And I'm like, I was worried about you skinny bastards. What, what are you guys going to do? You're going to be wearing parkas up there and you know. But uh, yeah, it's fun. And so now it's just kind of, you know, how can I challenge myself and how can I keep, you know, kind of up in the, uh, up in the bets on, you know, what, what I can push my body to do. And it's, it's cool that it, it keeps responding in a positive fashion for the most part. Yeah, that is super impressive. I know the running thing I started to get into and to be honest, I just couldn't hang. Uh, and I, I think you invited me running at one affiliate summit. I'm like, um, no way, man. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to start together and then I'll see you later in the day. <laughs> How did you like, did you find what were aches and pains injuries when you started? Oh yeah, that's definitely. And you know, when I first started on the couch to 5k, it was kind of funny because I, I couldn't run like 200 yards, let alone, you know, two miles or three miles. And, yeah. in, and it's funny because you, you start that program and the, if you're, if anybody's ever thinking about doing that and you're like coming from a place of being pretty, you know, profoundly out of shape, don't look ahead, do yourself a favor and do not oh. skip ahead and look at future days because, you know, I was, you know, a couple of weeks in, I was starting to feel pretty good about myself. And then I looked ahead to like week seven or something. And it was, it was like, yeah, now run 20 minutes. So I was like, what the hell? What? <laughs> No, I no. can't do that. Like, this this sounds hard now. So it's like you know, just kind of let the let the program play out, and it and it's pretty amazing that it, you know it'll get pretty much anybody there. And you might not be fast, you you probably won't be fast, but you'll finish, and that's that's really what matters. And you know I've had plenty of races where you know I've finished. I think the first half marathon I ever ran, I was second to last, and I was like bound and determined that I was gonna get. I wasn't going to be last. I wasn't going to have the cop cars escorting me in, you know, and it was pretty mind blowing because I've, we've got a pretty good running club uh, around where I live and a bunch of people from my club stuck around and waited for me at the finish because they knew it was my first. And I was like cramping up in both my legs and stuff. I was just having a miserable time. And and my, my run buddy, Mike came out and met me and kind of got me in the last, the last mile, you know, pretty much a hundred yards at a time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one, one thing I really loved about getting into running is, is runners because I mean, they're just, it's a great community that's super supportive. And, you know, I, I had people that encouraged me. And so now when I go to races, I try to stick around and encourage people that are finishing or, you know, go out and help run people in. Cause it's just, it, it's, it can be such a, a great pickup for somebody that's, you know, just getting started and is having a rough time to have somebody come along and, you know, help them out running them in when they, they're not sure that they, they can, you know, so it's yeah. good stuff. Such an awesome thing. I know we have the Ironman here in Coeur d'Alene and uh, my favorite time to go watch is the last two hours uh, before the race cutoff. And, you know, you see you, you see the the people who have been out there all day and are just struggling to get across the finish line. And and as they they turn at the end of the main road coming through town and then you can hear just the the. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, but the, the fans who are still there and the families who are running in with them and everyone's just, you, you see them pick up an extra, 
you know, uh, they drop a minute or two a mile on their pace just with that that extra assist. It's pretty powerful to watch. Yeah, it's it's definitely a big deal. And you know, it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to be a part of that for some people and it's been great to have people, you know, be a part of that for me. Because um, it does definitely help when you're dragging and you get somebody, you know, you get some people cheering you on. And, you know, I kind of started to notice that on, you know, running Disney races because, you know, Disney does, you know, half yeah. marathons and marathons and stuff like that. And they have, you know, people cheering. And uh, I'm a part of a running team down there for WW Radio. It's one of the big uh, Disney blogs out there. And they raise money for uh, Make-A-Wish. And it was, it was funny because we had a meetup before the last uh, Wine and Dine Half Marathon where I distinctly remember the wife of the podcaster saying, hey, uh, Lou is going to be at the boardwalk and he's going to have tacos. And so I was thinking, well, damn, you know, 11 miles in, a freaking taco would be pretty, pretty killer. I mean, yeah, that'd, be, that'd pick up my spirits. So I get there and the whole team is, you know, there's like a team of people that are cheering all the runners on. And I, I come up to, to Lou. I'm like, your, your wife said there'd be tacos, man. I don't see any tacos. <laughs> what the heck? And he's like, I'm, I'm at a loss here. I'm like, well, we better find some tacos. I mean, cause you know, that, that's what was in my head. I mean, I started to drag. Oh and, yeah. You know, that's in my head. I'm like, Hey, I got tacos at the boardwalk and you know, the last mile will be a breeze. And you know, so I think next time I go down there to cheer for people, I'm gonna have to make sure I get some tacos. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's awesome, man. Well, I, you know, you're I'm following your journey on Facebook and the conversations we had, you know, your impact on, on yourself is huge, but on other people is enormous as well. Uh, I know when I'm struggling to go hit the gym or do my workouts, uh, inevitably as I'm scrolling through Facebook at 5.00 AM going, I don't want to get out of this bed. I want to go back to sleep. There's a, a, a damn memory that you're posted of your transformation with a, a check-in at orange theory or something. I'm like, damn it. I got to go. So it's inspiring, man. And keep it up. Uh, you know, you're, you're impacting a lot of people with, uh, with your story. Oh, thanks. I mean, accountability is huge. And I've got people that do the same thing with me to work. You know, when I'm thinking about blowing a workout off, you know, I, I jump on, I'll look at my social stream and be like, oh man, they're after it. I can't, <laughs> I can't bail. I got to get my ass up. I got to go. So, you know, <laughs> it helps to have people in your life to keep you accountable, you know, one way or the other. Definitely. So let's talk about your affiliate marketing career. You started in sales in 1997. Tell us about, you know, that first foray. And then how did you find affiliate marketing? Yeah, I started off working for a software company um, down in the Kirkland Bothell area on the east side of Seattle called Seattle Lab. And I was actually managing a Domino's pizza in Bellingham at the time. And one of my buddies whose band I managed um, was the webmaster for the software company. And he called me up one day, um, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I think I'd close. I'd been up until like three o'clock in the morning the night before. And he's like, hey, I'm working at the software company. They've got a job down here that I think you'll be good for. And I think it was a tech support job at the time, which if you know me at all, I'm not technical in any way. <laughs> and they also had a guerrilla marketer position where they were you know, doing just like soliciting backlinks uh, for their software products. And so I interviewed for the tech support job and I bombed miserably. The guy was like throwing all these different protocol acronyms at me. And I was just like deer in the headlights. And I, after he asked like three or four, I was like, we can dude, we can both see this isn't happening. So I think I'm going to have oh, to take my chance with the other, uh, with the girl in marketing position. And, but my buddy had figured, Hey, if he, this guy can get us gigs in Seattle during the whole, you know, growth of the grunge era, he can probably do some, you know, yeah. some girl marketing stuff. And so I got the job there uh, doing that. And so I did, was doing backlink soliciting for a while and doing pretty well with it. 
and then um, started doing um, doing some sales there, and started uh, bumped that up into channel management. So I was running the the uh, reseller channel, and then a friend of mine um, from back in Mount Vernon, uh, his dad had a, a gardening site called Etera.com. And they were kind of doing a lot of what Fanatics does now, where they're you know running stores for other people that are, you know, selling gardening products. Um, so garden centers could kind of expand their, um, you know, their offerings from what they had in their brick and mortar. And he hi- was hiring all his buddies that were working, you know, working down in Seattle uh, at tech companies. And so he you know called me up and said, hey, you know, um, we need somebody to be the affiliate manager. I was like, okay, what's that? He's like, well, figure it out, pick a vendor and launch a program. I was like. All right. So I did that and um, it started on LinkShare. That seemed to happen a lot in yeah. that time because that's exactly how I got it too. Hey, go do this thing. What is yeah. it? I don't know. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is I still don't know anybody that ever set out to be an affiliate or an affiliate manager. It's just, you know, kind of something yeah. that you, you fall into. And so I did that, um, got to choose between CJ and LinkShare at the time. You know, BeFree was still out there, but that seems kind of, I mean, seemed kind of wonky. So started on LinkShare and then about a year and a half later, um, I, I realized that we weren't paying my vendors and we weren't paying my affiliates. And so, you know, the company, we, we had, we burned through an inordinate amount of investor money. And wow. um, so I got, got laid off from there. I started doing a little bit of consulting on my own, working with some local companies. And then I, I bumped into um, Linda Woods, the affiliate goddess, um, who, oh, was, yeah. who was pitching something to Todd Farmer from Cowabunga um, doing, which was actually, I think one of the, one of the first couple outsourced management agencies. I know that like Jim Gribble, Think Profits was out there, uh, before we were, but Linda and I kind of put together team affiliate at Cowabunga and that's when the, the whole affiliate force thing came up and I was, oh, I, I wanted to do this cause it sounded really cool. I wanted to go to force, you know, and help sell the thing. But I had I was like laid off, man. I had no cash. I was I was yeah. you know, freaking busted. And so I told Todd Farmer, it's like, look, if you get me there, I'll sell the deals. You know, just get me down there and I'll make this work. And I think I closed like six or seven deals on the on that cruise. Oh wow. And it was it was one of those things where everything just kind of fell together. And, you know, I still love a lot of the people that I was working with there because, I mean, Todd and uh, Todd Farmer and Teresa and Rachel, uh, Rachel Hanaway, uh, Kukral yeah. and Jonathan Miller and all these guys I still just love to death. But um, we had something really cool going on and we had, you know, kind of a, it was kind of a young up and coming company. It was kind of share sale before share sale was share sale. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just a blast. And so I, I was there for five years doing that. Um you know, working, you know, working for uh, Cowabunga and did some affiliate management, did some sales and, um, you know, just kind of got, got on that and then worked for uh, Forge, worked for Jonathan uh, out of South yeah. Africa for a while and got a chance to do some travel that, there that was pretty fun. I mean, going to South Africa for an interview was pretty cool. And yeah, um, yeah. a couple of weeks later, I, after I got back, he's like, uh, I, I was getting ready to book my flight to AdTech in London. Then I realized I just hired a director of sales. So why, why the hell am I doing that? Like, <laughs> you got a passport get to get to london okay get out of here but, uh, yeah so i mean it, it's just it's been kind of a crazy adventure and you know i've been able to meet a lot of amazing people and go to a lot of cool places yeah that's awesome and we managed i think hilton on cowabunga yeah uh, for a long time and and worked with you guys there uh extensively in in the early days um now since since that you know you've You've been in, uh, you know, in-house currently 
you've been at an agency uh, and, and you've been at a network. What were some of the most pivotal job changes? And when you're evaluating those, how did you, you know, how did you evaluate the move to Forge and the move to like GTO right. and things like that? How, what, what was your process? Yeah, Forge was interesting because at the time, you know, Cowabunga was getting to the point where they were like competing really hot and heavy with Direct Track. And Direct Track was iterating constantly on product. And I was starting to get killed on sales calls because like just mm. the, the feature list wasn't stacking up and we weren't really releasing anything. So I was starting to get kind of disgruntled. And as a sales guy, you can't really be frustrated with product. You know, that, that's not a, it's not a good place to be in when you when you're just, you know, feeling tough about where the product is at. And yeah. so uh, at that point, Jonathan uh, Miller called me up and said, hey, um, you happy doing what you're doing? I was like, ah, I'm open minded. And so he's like, yeah, you know, jump on a flight, come down and talk to me. I was like, jump. I'm like, I'm, you're still in Johannesburg, right? And he's like, yeah. And so he booked the flight and I was down, you know, I went down and, um, you know, talked to him, hung out with his team and got started doing that, did that for a while. Um, you know, things were a little slow taking off, didn't have, um, um, you know, it was, just, it was, it was tough getting people sold in North America to have a company doing their stuff that wasn't, wasn't local and that was working on a pretty different schedule, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's funny because Jonathan's still one of my best friends in the world, but he fired me. Um, <laughs> and, and there was, there was a rough stretch there for a bit, but, um, it, it's, you know, it, it just didn't work, you know, and sometimes, you know, things that look like really good ideas just don't work. And yeah. so I, I'd run into some guys that were doing, were starting up a, a new network that was kind of a faith-based network project, um, that looked really interesting and, um, which is funny cause they were running on direct track. So I got, got to experience, uh, the joys of direct track at that point. Um, yeah. help them get that off the ground and that kind of ran out of money. And um, during the course of all that, I ran into Joel and Karen Garcia um, at an event we put together, you know, kind of a faith-based marketers event at Affiliate Summit. Yeah. And um, we hit it off and, I, you know, Karen was looking to do something different from Partner Centric and um, I was looking to uh, to do something different. And so we, we got something together and it, it was it was kind of funny because we, we went to Affiliate Summit uh, with with Joel and I, you know, formally announced as GTO, and um, having to sell the deals <laughs> to get Karen sprung from Partner Centric, and I actually oh, ended man. up getting sick as a dog at that show. I think I got food poisoning or something, and I think I ventured out of my room at the Palms. Actually, not the Palms, the Rio. I think I ventured out of my room, like other than the meat market, maybe four times for four sales meetings, and I closed all of them. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good conversion rate right there. And, and I was, uh, but I was like in my room, I mean, I actually contemplated going to the ER at like three o'clock in the morning. Yes. I actually, I made a call down to the concierge to get like three bottles of Gatorade and some Imodium or something. Cause I thought I was just going to die of dehydration. And, um, you know, we, we, we were able to kick things off there and you know, had a, had a fun run with them. Um, and, um, and then a few years later, you know, the uh, the Fanatics opportunity came around and, you know, Fanatics was interesting um, because, you know, we had a couple you know guys that we knew in uh, Jason Rubaki that was manager here at Fanatics yeah. um, for a while. And then he went to share a sale. And when he left, he got John Nunez uh, to come in and take over uh, at Fanatics. And, you know, John was, you know, the, the, the late great John Nunez had, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, was running Fanatics. He was still doing his agency thing with his brother. <laughs> 
and oh, they, wow. he kind of wanted to get out of that. So he you know, went back to doing the agency thing and he had hired an assistant and uh, they had, uh, Rubaki had come to me, you know, like a year before and said, Hey, I think you, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave this gig. I think you should check this out. And at the time I was like, oh, I was pretty stoked doing what I was doing. And so I just kind of blew it off and he came back a little bit later and it's like, I really think you should take a look at this. And so I came down, interviewed and got hired. And, you know, this is like one of the areas of my life that I'm not super, super proud of because, you know, I kind of, I left in a bad way. Um, mm. with partners that, you know, once again, it's like, we have all these people that we work with that are just like, you know, that are friends and family essentially, you know, and those I, two specifically oh, are yeah. fantastic. And the funny thing is I'm working, work, I'm working with them again now, but, um, yeah. So I, I ended up kind of leaving at a really bad time and leaving in Q4, you know, I started here on November mm. 27th, I think in 2010. And so I ended up, I'm like moving across the country, um, driving across the country with my dad, um, to start at Fanatics on November 27th or 24th. It's like right around like the week before Black Friday. And uh, wow. everybody's wondering why the hell I'm I'm doing this road trip, you know, because <laughs> I hadn't really told anybody yeah. what the deal was. And then I, I get down here and um, I report to my VP on the first day of the job. I'm like, okay, what do we got going on for Black Friday, Cyber Monday? He's like, nothing. <laughs> like, he's like, we don't really work with coupon sites. I'm like, which is days away. Yeah, which is days away. And it's like, I'm like, what the hell, man? I mean, it's like, what was the, what was the urgency <laughs> to this thing? I mean, I could have like wound things down a lot better and, you know, just kind of been able to take a little bit more time to get my, you know, my family, you know, move figured out because I mean, you're talking about moving a couple of relatively young kids across the country away from their grandparents because we had both sets of grandparents, you know, 10 minutes away. And yeah, so it was, yeah. it was a big move and, you know, and it just, it wasn't the smoothest thing. And there was definitely some, some hurt feelings and some, you know, business stuff that didn't go well, but, you know, in the end, you know, a couple of years later, you know, we were able to get things right. And Joel and Karen uh, got together with Angel Jambazov and got uh, Lab okay. 6 going. And now we work with Lab 6. They run our, our uh, esports programs for us. And because I, I knew that there was nobody better in the space doing gaming stuff than those guys. And I, I love what they have going on. You know, it's it's like this this perfect you know, combination of people that I just love. So, you know, it's it, everything yeah, comes I, around. Who, man. <laughs> who doesn't love those three individuals? Yeah. They're some of my, not only my favorite people in the space, but some of my favorite people yeah. that, that had to be real hard to leave friends and to, to make that decision. I, I can't imagine how difficult that conversation was. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, I didn't, I didn't handle it well. And, you know, there was definitely hard feelings and that there was, you know, definitely some, you know, late nights at a, at a, you know, share cell think tanks where we had to iron some stuff out and, yeah. you know, but like I said, you know, in the end, um, you know, I've, I've got so much respect for those people that, you know, I, I, when, when I got a chance to, you know, find a way to work with them again, you know, I was more than happy to do it because, you know, just, there's not no better people that I know, you know, especially, yeah. you know, just period, but let alone, you know, in the business and, um, you know, in working in that particular area of the business, you know, there's, there's nobody, you know, geekier and into the game stuff than, than those guys. And they're amazing. So it's been, been a lot of fun to be able to work with them again. Yeah. So what was that first week like getting there and Black Friday is days away and nothing, nothing planned? Kind of anticlimactic. I mean, cause we've been, you know, doing running retail programs for a while and, you know, that's, that's, you know, crazy times. And, you know, granted, you usually, if you're doing things right, you've got your, your uh, peak placements lined up well in yeah. advance, but it was, it was definitely a little weird because I had to, you know, adjust to this new company and kind of, you know, figure out what was going on. And I had, had a guy that was working here that, you know, was, was essentially hired to be 
John's assistant that I come in and I'm like, so this guy reporting to me and my, my boss is like, actually, I'd like to, you know, you guys to consider, you know, look at you guys as like equals. I'm like, yeah, it's not even close, dude. <laughs> you know, he, somebody that's like been hired to be an assistant three months ago. Then the guy left a month after he hired him. And I've been, you know, at that point, I think I've been doing this for, you know, probably you know, a it's decade, been 10 years now. So yeah, it's been, it's been a decade. And, you know, they're, they're showing out to pretty decent bucks on me. And I'm like, oh, so I got this like, two years out of college kid that's an equal now. Really? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but we, then we and took, you can't took have two people leading the same thing. No. Yeah. And so it's, there's gotta be some kind of a, you know, some kind of a pecking order on things and, you know, which, you know, it's interesting now with, with Joe and I here and that, you know, got two people that have been around forever and it's just, you yeah. know, finding, you know, finding where everybody fits and finding everybody's skill sets and what makes them go. And I think that to me is kind of one of the, one of the more fun parts of, of running teams and, you know, is, is kind of figuring out what everybody's good with and, you know, where, where everybody's, you know, passions are and what you know what what fulfills them and you know, trying to put people in position to you know take advantage of their other talents and you know, what they're into yeah and that is that one of the biggest changes from the first day is now you have a team and and how how do you how to manage and lead a team yeah it definitely and it's 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 so night and day different and you know, we were taking a look at this uh, you know back during november december and on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, we did as much business at Fanatics like across our network of sites in the affiliate channel this year um, in, in that like three, you know, four day period as we did yeah. the entire first year that I was here. <laughs> and I, so that's I, pretty I, good growth. <laughs> I called it out in a, in a meeting and everybody was was blown away. But I was like, this is like the this is the coolest factoid ever for to share at a meeting is that like we did the same amount of sales in four days that we did in the first year that I was here. But that was also it was like a night and day difference. I mean, it was like Fanatics and a couple other smaller brands. And now we've got, you know, we're global. We've got, you know, Fanatics. We got all the league stores and everything. We got lids that, you know, that's in the family. So, I mean, it, I've got, um, you know, three people reporting to me in the U.S. We've got a couple people in the U.K. And um, it's a cool team. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's definitely more fun, you know, doing things like working Super Bowls and stuff like that. When you've got, you know, this, you know, a full team that everybody knows their stuff and, you know, knows what their role is. And it, it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of watch everybody execute. And when it used to be, you know, this mad scramble, you know, with like one person and three, three or four brands trying to get all these links live. And um, yeah, was, yeah. when I got to hire my first assistant, um, you know, like the year after I started here, it was really funny because I had, you know, we've always prided ourselves at Fanatics, like on, on Super Bowls and World Series and all these you know, big hot market events, we call them, that, you know, our, our links are live and ready to use as soon as humanly possible after the game goes final, because it's yeah. really pretty mind blowing the amount of sales that get done right after a game right goes away. final. And so oh, I mean, yeah. time is literally money. And so we had, you know, we always try to have things up and running within a couple minutes and, you know, definitely in time for, you know, the NFL shop commercial to come on TV after the game, which gives you like five minutes or something like that. But a whole five yeah. minutes. I mean, that's all day. Yeah. And I got, I, I had, I hired my first assistant and she was all up to speed and everything. And so I get on our, our Facebook group for our, our affiliates and I'm like, okay, guys, you know, I want, I want, you know, the over under on, you know, how long it'll take us to get this stuff all live. And one of the guys was like 20 minutes. I'm like, who the actual hell do you think you're dealing with here, dude? It was never that slow when I was by myself. 
I mean, come on. <laughs> like, I've got an assistant now. Was it's that an affiliate? Yeah. And I was like, was that- are you new? I'm mean, like, come on, man. It's never been worse than like six minutes in the past. And why, why am I going to take this drop off now? You know? But um, I think we, we got done in like three minutes or, or you know, two or three minutes. So that's always kind of what we should do. Man, shoot I got for. Yeah. I got so many questions. So I want to, I want to go back to the managing a team and how that's right. different. But one of the huge differences with the, with your program is you, you have to coordinate your team. You have to coordinate with affiliates. You can get all that stuff ready sometimes at nine o'clock Eastern or even later, depending on when like a championship game is. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes like midnight, Eastern. right? Yeah. It's pretty much so always. How, yeah. <laughs> Tell me what that's like to coordinate because because you can't wait a day for an affiliate to get. I, I know I when the Seahawks won the championship, I had my entire family outfitted with championship gear 20 minutes like and that included a lot of shopping and a lot of arguments over how much I was going to spend. So how do you coordinate all that on these major like huge spike events? Yeah, and it's it's funny because it, it fanatics. I mean, over the years, we've just kind of we we came up with this whole like hot market concept by accident, and this happened back when like the the Florida Gators won their first national championship with Tim Tebow, and uh, the the VP who hired me, um, and the, uh, the the I think it was the the chief operating officer at the time. I mean, this is when everything was running out of the back of a of a mall store, and they were trying to decide if they wanted to wait to post the links until the next day or if they could just you know put all the new product up and everything and then go out and have drinks and celebrate because they're both you know they're both ga- you know, Florida Gators and so yeah. they went ahead and pushed everything live so they could go out and have drinks and then they came back the next morning and they're like man we need to get some help because people kind of are into this whole thing of buying the oh, championship yeah. product the night of. And one of the first things that I did when I when I got hired here is like the New York Giants won the Super Bowl and we were working with one of the big newspapers in New York as an affiliate. And we've been, I mean, this is one of the things that we've, we've been big on for a long time is working with media partners. And I think it's it's starting to happen a lot more around affiliate marketing in general, but you know, we've, we've been pretty yeah. lucky to be able to do it for a long time. But we were working with one of the big newspapers in New York and you know they had all their creative lined up. They were ready to go. They said everything was good to go. I said, okay, cool. You got my my cell phone number. If you have any problems, I'll be up till like three o'clock in the morning. Give me a call. I'll help you out. Didn't hear anything. Get to work the next day and my VP is like, yeah, so um, that New York media partner, haven't seen anything from them. What the heck's going on? Oh, man. And so I call these guys up. I'm like, guys, what the heck? I mean, you know, this this is a big opportunity. I mean, what's going on? They said, oh, we had some questions. I'm like, which is why you had my phone number and the instructions to call me until three o'clock in the morning. What's going on? He's like, well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a big giants fan. And when I I had left somebody else to do this, I went out and had some drinks, you know, I'm like, well, I hope they were good (laughs) drinks because you cost yourself about 10 grand. And he's like, Oh man, Whoa, what? I'm like, yeah, that was, those are hope they were good drinks, dude. Because that, and we found that there's, there's a huge percentage that comes in in the first 12 hours after a game. And so, you know, you know, what preparing for those things looks like for us is, you know, making sure that we know who the the key players are. Um, a lot of those guys are going to get, you know, creative in advance. Um, you know, we we you know get on the phone with them and get them kind of a playbook for how things should look. You know, kind of you know minute by minute in terms of you know what do I do for the first couple of days after, you know, if if my team wins. And then, um, you know, we're, we're available for them to help them out if they need anything. And, you know, having Joe move out to the West coast has been fantastic because now we've got somebody who's, you know, three hours, (laughs) 
three hours earlier, yes. which is fantastic because it means less, you yeah. know, doing stuff at one o'clock in the morning when I can't see. So, uh, but yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, it, you know, just kind of developed over time and we, we figured out how to make it work, you know, got it kind of down to a science now. And, and so now, unfortunately we've got some, you know, some big partners that are pretty consistent with us that know the drill. We've had some crazy successes with this. I mean, we've had, you know, a big Clemson site back when, when Clemson won their national championship, I think 2014-ish or something like that. And those guys, um, they made, you know, really, really mind-blowing commissions. And and the funny thing with them is we had had another big win from an Ohio State affiliate a couple of years earlier. And when these Clemson guys, you know, had their, their national championship coming up, they'd had some some moderate successes with us, with Clemson winning the ACC and beating Notre Dame the year before. They had a Chicago Cubs site the year that the Cubs won the World Series. And so they really had the approach pretty dialed in by this point. But I get a call from the guy the day before, the day of the game, and he's like, I only need two things from you. It's like, okay, what do you got? He's like, I need my creative packet. I need those, you need those images. I said, okay, those will be over, over to you in like 15 minutes. He's like, then I need a challenge. I need a number. I'm like, what do you mean you need a number? He's like, what's the record? I want to beat the record. And so I told him the record, you know, it's like a hundred and, you know, hundred plus thousand in the first 30 days from, from this Ohio state Buckeyes site. And he's like, I'll have that done tomorrow by two. Holy cow. I was like, I'll give you credit for having some balls. If nothing else. I mean, yeah, it's, I, 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 I like aggressiveness. We can work with that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So, give me but, that any day. And he had doubled them up by the next day at two and just kept going. And so you know, Holy 30 cow. days later, he's like four and a half X what the guy, the other guy had done. And he calls me up and he's like, yeah, would you say we killed that one? I'm like, yeah, I think you could say that. And I'm like, but he's like, I want to take care of my team. I said, what, what do you, what do you want, man? What are you looking for? He's like those cutter and buck quarters up, uh, you know, shirts look pretty cool. And I was like, how many guys on your team? He's like, I got seven. And these are like $115 items or something yeah. like that. I'm like, okay, what size? How many? And so he gives me the size. I, I pull out my, my my purchasing card from work and I just buy them and send them nice. out to him. And later I'm talking to my VP and she's like, yeah, what did you what did you send this guy? Because he, he really crushed it. And I told her and she's like, if he wants anything else, let me know. I'll pull my card out. Cause that was pretty impressive. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. But you know, we've been able to, you know, to do a lot of cool stuff like that where, you know, for me, the most fulfilling part of the job is when we can work with like a, a sports content site or somebody that's built a fan community over the years and hasn't really been making money with it because maybe they hadn't even thought about it. And then we're able yeah. to come in there and make them some kind of really substantial chunk of change. And, you know, that, that can mean different things to different people. I mean, it might be a few hundred bucks. It might be, you know, 20,000. It could, it could just yeah. depends on the, on the circumstance. And we've had situations where, you know, we had partners that, you know, got laid off and we were able to, you know, bridge the gap for them on, on, you know, Christmas shopping because they were able to hit on some, you know, some good sales. So, you know, it's, it's really cool. And we can work with the content guys like that. You know, everybody always thinks about coupon sites and cash backs, but and that stuff's there, but it's not really, you know, it's, it's part of the deal, but it's not really what kind of makes things tick for me. Well, and I, I, I feel you there. There's so many commonalities between, you know, our, our history in, in the industry and, and what we really enjoy working with. I got to way back work with an affiliate who later sold uh, his company and, and uh, we helped him build his website, helped him develop his concept, his monetization. Uh, and then later he had an exit and it just feels great to help someone who was needing an income 
monet, you know, develop something and, and monetize it. And then, and even to have an exit was uh, pretty outstanding to, to see. And you build those relationships and they, you know, that individual was at my wedding and, you know, 15 years ago, and uh, we still use the, you know, the, the crystal pitcher uh, that he bought for us. And, and, you know, you get to, to help these individuals and, and build something real. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, now, did you, when, when he said, I need a challenge, did that kind of, uh, introduce like that sort of goal, stretch goal, challenge contest kind of environment to, or a concept, a tactic to growing, uh, sales through individual partners? Yeah. I think that's something we're starting to get more and more into because, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, look at kind of more simplistic structures where you just, you know, put out you know, sliding scales and things like that. But I think you know, we were actually you know, talking with an, another friend of ours that managed and she was really into doing individual stretch goals for affiliates and saying, hey, you know, if you can get over this for this time period, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, this is what we'll do for you. And so I, I think we've, we've been trying to focus a little bit more on, on building those individual relationships and kind of figure out what makes that individual tick, because I think that can, that can be more effective than just, you know, putting out, you know, automated tiers and, and stuff like that. Because yeah. I think in a lot of cases, it doesn't, it's, you know, when you put people on tiers, it doesn't necessarily encourage anything. Um, you know, but yeah. if you can make it kind of more hands-on um, and, and, you know, have some like kind of more achievable goals and then, you know, ramp those up into the, into the BHAGs, you know, I think that can, yeah. that can make things pretty interesting. And I know that, you know, I'm, I've been starting to kind of migrate out of this and Joe's been kind of doing more of the hands-on stuff with a lot of the bigger partners. And I know that that's something that he's been, you know, starting to go after. And I'm, I'm definitely all about that. I mean, I think it's, it's a, it's a fun way to do business. And especially when you're, you're working with guys that aren't corporate guys, you know, to where it's, it's really an individual thing where, you know, you can go to somebody and say, Hey, you're making pretty good money right now, but if you could double what you're doing, you know, whether that means you're writing twice as much content or you're, you know, putting out some more social or maybe you're doing some email or, you know, do, what, you know, whatever you can do to drive more volume, you know, we could, we could do something really cool. And if you could build a beyond that, you know, it could get, it could get really, you know, meaningful. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch that stuff work out and, you know, to see people that are able to, you know, take things from inception where they think it's, you know, just, you know, making a couple extra bucks to something where they're making really meaningful monthly money. Yeah, it kind of sounds like what we all used to do back in the day. Like that was a tactic early on. You know, you built those individual relationships, found out what incentivized them, and and you know gave your your partners goals to uh, to hit and some fun things. Not everyone wants to hit a higher commission, but uh, uh, you know a nice half zip. Uh, from their championship team can can go a long way too. Or a bottle of whiskey, or a box of steaks, or I mean, there's all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of stuff. You, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just a matter of knowing what makes people tick, and you know what what you know what's going to get them to, to hit that stretch goal, and then just making sure that whatever the you know the perk is, you know, backs out with ROI goals. Yeah. So talk to me about your the team. Yeah, you you're now uh, managing the affiliate uh, marketing for fanatics across the globe. So, how is your team structured, and and what has that transition been like for you? Yeah, and that's this is one of one of the, the bigger personal challenges because I'm really, it's very hard for me to get my hands off things because I've been hands on managing the program you know, managing affiliate programs in general for 20 years. But now I'm realizing that there's, there's really, I've got to step away from quite a bit of that 
you know, and, yeah. and I still, I, I still do applications because, you know, I, I just, I like having that, you know, that kind of finger on the pulse of things. And, you know, I've, I've always yeah. been a big believer that you know, the best place you can do quality controls at the front door of your program. And yep. so that's, that's kind of my big challenge right now is that, you know, by the time we get another month or two into this year, I want to be totally out of the approvals business. Um, so, you know, by all means, please hold me to that. Um, and a lot of that comes with just, you know, making sure, you know, you have to, you have to train your team to where they understand what you're looking for and, um, you know, and hopefully they do it better than you do. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I've been working on now. And, you know, it's, it's been very cool to be able to have Joe here. I mean, guy's a rock star and has been forever. And yeah, it, it was funny when, when I hired him in the first place, um, he was working for another OPM. Um, I, we had somebody here, we had, we had bought a company in Chicago. They had an affiliate manager. Um, she left. Um, I, I was looking to hire somebody experienced and I was having trouble attracting people to move down to Jacksonville. And yeah. I wanted to hire Joe and the, uh, the uh, VP that we were working with up in, in Chicago was, wanted to have this you know, long drawn out interview process. And I was having trouble attracting anybody because Jacksonville is not a sexy town to get people to move <laughs> to for affiliate marketing, you know? And, yeah. you know, it's not Orlando, it's not Miami if you're you know, talking about Florida. And so I was just having a hell of a time getting people that were experienced, you know, that could come in and make an impact because I was replacing somebody that had been around for a couple of years, you know, that was relative, you know, it was pretty decent at, at what she did. And, you know, I, I had gone to my VP who hired me and said, hey, I, I want to hire Joe. And he's like, I think that's a hell of an idea, man. And he's like, you know, the guy knows the program as well as anybody here because Joe had been one of our best affiliates for 10 plus years, actually had been offered my job previously um, a couple times, I think. Oh, wow. But he was still doing the affiliate thing and still doing pretty well. So, you know, he wasn't wasn't thinking about, you know, taking the down the downgrade in pay at the time. And so, um, you know, he and then Google whacked his sites and he ended up having to, you know, go and do the OPM thing. But. I was just having a just a hell of a time getting the process moved along. So I finally went and talked to my my senior VP at the time, who actually had also been an affiliate, and he had been oh, wow. big into college college stores or college sites when Joe was into pro sites, and because Joe had like NFL football jerseys.com that was just killing it for years before we we cared much about trademarks and um, you know when you know having a having a good you know type in domain would would work yep. well. But um, I went to him and I said, hey, I want to hire Joe. And he's like, didn't Joe do some shady stuff when he was an affiliate? And I was like, didn't you do some shady stuff when you were an affiliate? And he's like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll make a call. <laughs> and so you know, the next morning, I get a call from the guy in Chicago saying, okay, make the offer. And it's, I mean, I haven't regretted it since because, I mean, you got somebody that's super competent coming from the, you know, the, oh, all yeah. that affiliate facing experience. And, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of people better in the business at, at teaching people, you know, how they can make money with their, with their traffic. And so Joe's been great. Um, it was very cool, you know, last year when I was finally able to get him um, bump up to manager. And now he's got people reporting into him that are doing a lot of the, the kind of day-to-day -day stuff, you know, handling the promo codes, you know, handling creative, um, handling, you know, a lot of the affiliate communication um, you know, doing the operational stuff when we have, you know, products go live or hot markets. And so now it's getting to be a lot more of, you know, kind of Joe and I working together on, on strategy, then he you know, puts it into play with the team. Uh, we've got a, a couple, a uh, couple folks over in the UK um, that are, are doing really good work. Um, you know, I've been really impressed with, with the, the crowd that we have there now. And it was, it was funny when we acquired this company over there, 
about four years ago, um, I went over and I kind of ran them through, you know, what we're doing here in terms of, you know, our strategy with coupons and cashback sites and how we work with content sites. And I, you know, we were looking at their numbers and they were really, they were kind of empty. You know, when you look at them, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of coupon and cashback and a lot of pretty, you know, m- like minimally incremental stuff going on. And mm-hmm. so I said, hey, this, you know, you should give this a try. I mean, this is what we've done. And, and you know, we've been able to, you know, increase the ROI pretty substantially and, you know, the incrementality is up. And, you know, bottom line is really good. And so I, I went over there and presented that. And they, the crew that was there uh, was all hung up on, on top, you know, top line revenue and, you know, promptly ignored it. And so they continued to struggle for a couple of years. And the, the crew that we have in there now, um, one of the guys that was, was uh, running stuff over there left and went to work for one of the, our network vendors. And the, the people that, you know, the, the, and Emma that uh, replaced him, um, put our strategy into play and it's been amazing to watch because, you know, we, we knew it was going to work, you know, <laughs> cause it's worked here. Yeah. And so, yep. and you know, we're not new to this. So, you know, we have a pretty good feel <laughs> for what's going to go down, but um, you know, they, they put a lot of courage out there, you know, taking on a strategy that was kind of antithetical to what a lot of people in the organization um, on that side were, were, you know, advocating and, you know, they've been able to turn their numbers around pretty dramatically. And so I, I'm pretty, pretty stoked with the team and we've got some people that are you know really solid with recruiting partners we've got some people that are really solid with onboarding and taking care of the uh you know the day-to-day stuff and um so yeah it's it's been a lot of fun watching everybody come together and kind of find their lanes that's awesome now how do you divide your tasks do you is it just everyone kind of take what needs to be done or do you have real specific lanes for each person on the team um it's it's evolved into some relatively specific lanes at this point so i mean we've got you know one person who handles a lot of you know working with you know deal sites and you know handling you know promo code updates across our all of our programs which you know when you're we've got you know 40 plus programs so you know just keeping you know keeping promos up to date in the networks and everything is is you know, relatively, it's pretty much like a halftime job, just keeping that stuff up to speed. And then, um, so you have one person handling that. We got one person that's, that's handling primarily recruiting. We've got somebody that's focusing a lot on, you know, kind of following up with people, getting them started. Um, you know, and Joe is handling a lot of, um, you know, the, the bigger partners, you know, the guys that are, you know, your big media players, um, your big blog networks and stuff like that, kind of key accounts. Um, I still do, um, a lot of biz dev, a lot of kind of higher level biz dev, um, you know, going out and lining up, you know, bigger media partnerships, um, probably looking to bring somebody on before too long here to do, you know, kind of take that um, off my hands a little bit um, because I, I definitely would like to have somebody who is full-time dedicated to, you know, just being a hunter killer all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've got a, in the UK, um, the, the team is a lot smaller there. And so, you know, we've got two people, handling that. So I think it's a little bit more kind of evenly divided there, but we've got one of, one of our guys over there seems to be pretty, he's, he's very solid with his, with his biz dev skills and, and his, you know, done well with the onboarding too. So he kind of handles more of that. Well, I think Emma does a lot more of the strategy and the numbers and, um, you know, kind of managing some of the big relationships as well, but it's, it's definitely something where, you know, it's kind of figuring out what, what people are, are good with, you know, what, what makes them happy and what they're, what they're effective at. And, you know, putting them in a position to be able to go out and do what they love doing every day. And, um, you know, it makes makes the whole thing work better. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Now, one thing you guys do really well is partnerships and, and recruiting and, and getting the most out of uh, your affiliates. Um, you've done some really cool stuff. So uh, 
talk to me about how important recruitment is to the channel and, and how do you identify new partners and bring mm-hmm. them on board? Yeah, recruiting's always been big for us. And a lot of, you know, with with Fanatics, the, the cool thing here is that, you know, if we understand somebody's team affiliation, that's kind of the holy grail for us. And so, you know, the, the, the important thing for us is to always be out there looking for sources of traffic around specific teams. And so when, when, when a season starts, you know, we'll actually work with our, our planning department here and try to get a feel for who they're thinking is going to be a big producer as far as team mix goes. And then taking a look at what we have for current partners, um, figuring out who we don't have, <laughs> and then, you know, going out and trying to round those people up. Um, we're using media rails. We have been for a few years now um, to kind of manage that process and, um, you know, keep up to speed on the, on the, the, the prospecting and the recruiting. We haven't automated it as much as I would like, but we've, you know, we've done a pretty good job of using it, um, you know, to source leads and then to go out and chase them down and keep track of it. Um, we use it very heavily for the actual day-to-day operations to where, you know, hey, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl. You know, who do, who do we know, you know, who's in our system that cares about the Buccaneers and being able to communicate with those, you know, with those partners effectively. Um, and that's been really big for us. I mean, and we, we started to play around a couple of years ago, you know, just to try to see, you know, what the value is of all this you know, chasing games and chasing results and hitting people up yeah. with, with offers after games go final. And we started playing with media rails and their campaign tracking to say, you know, Hey, if after a college bowl game, even if it's not a big bowl game, it doesn't have to always be, you know, the national championship or whatever, it could be you know, a smaller bowl game, but it's like, what's the value revenue wise, if we go out and hit up, you know, these partners that care about this school and they hit their people. And what we found is that, you know, hey, it might take us, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to crank out an email, but maybe the average production from that, you know, maybe the bottom end was 2,500 bucks. Well, you know, 15 yeah. minutes for 2,500 bucks, that's not bad. It's a good return. Yeah. And so, it, and it, and so I started thinking about it. It's like, well, hey, if, if we, you know, every day there's probably five or six opportunities across all of sports at least where if we were in contact with the right group of affiliates with the right, you know, the right messaging, the right product, you know, every day you could be hitting some of these wins. And if you stack up a bunch of 2,500 to $5,000 to $10,000 wins, and some of them are a lot bigger than that every day, I mean, that turns into a pretty solid incremental lift on your program. And so that's really what we've been kind of going after is, you know, trying to, you know, making sure that we're leveraging the technology, having good CRM in place so that we know, who we need to talk to about every, you know, every little different opportunity that comes up. You know, maybe it's a Jordan shoe launch. Maybe it's, you know, a new Kobe jersey that's coming out. That's, you know, a four hundred dollar jersey or something. You know, who who are the guys that care about that, and how who do we who do we work with to reach them? And you know, we've identified you know some some pretty awesome players, and and now in, in as far as partners, and now we've gotten to the point where in the last year or so we've really started to migrate a lot of, you know, people that we are big, big media sites. We traditionally had worked with as like co-branded site partners where we actually operated a store, you know, that was co-branded with say, Mm -hmm. you know, SB nation or something like that as an example. And we wanted to get out of that business. We wanted to, you know, it, it seemed like it was a straight, it should be a straight affiliate deal. So it's like, well, what if we put these guys on our tech stack and put them with our, um, you know, account management skills and, and, you know, with, with, you know, Joe and my, you know, making money online skills and what happens if, if we do that and, you know, we've been able to have some killer wins. And so it's, it's fun now that like the biz dev 
group at the company, when somebody approaches them, um, where in the past they would have gone out and said, hey, we should build a store for these guys. And, you know, and it, which ends up being kind of a pain because then you've got another iteration of the site that you have to maintain. Yeah. And, to maintain, yeah. and our business is really tricky because, I mean, there could be different situations where, you know, product might not be authorized to appear on all these different sites because, you know, if, if a network doesn't yeah. have broadcast rights, the NFL doesn't want you selling NFL sideline gear on those sites. And so we've been able to simplify a lot of things and we've actually been able to up the revenue um, because, you know, we were able to put them on a better tech stack and get them better account management and, you know, to do some pretty cool stuff. And so it's it's been um, really interesting to watch the scale of partners that we're working with now when it used to be a lot of mom and pops and a smattering yeah. of media sites. And now we're starting to get some really big media sites. And, you know, now that is the brand for fanatics continues to improve. And as we've got these bigger brands like NFL shop and NBA store and MLB shop, um, it's not nearly as challenging bringing these guys on for affiliate style partnerships as it was in the past. And you that's got a lot amazing. of brand gravitas behind you now. Yeah. And so it, it's been a lot of fun to see that develop and, and get to the point where, you know, if now it's, it's more a matter of, you know, during the, the prospecting and recruiting process, just making sure that you're getting in front of the right person because, you know, your, your standard, you know, um, you know, line level, sales guy at a newspaper might not be able to do that deal. But if you can get with the digital director or, you know, digital VP, um, you know, a lot of those guys are, are, you know, able to make that deal. And, you know, I think social proof goes a long way as well, because now we can point yeah. to other big media partners and say, Hey, if it worked for the Chicago Tribune, I think it might work for you and, you know, Omaha or, you know, Spokane or whatever. And so yeah, it yeah, opens yeah. a lot of doors. That's fantastic. Now I know we're close to time. I have one more question. Uh, we're not going to be able to get to all of them. So hopefully uh, you're okay with uh, coming back on in, in a month or so. The last question is, is you guys went through replatforming. So was that a difficult decision to make? Um, you know, how did you go about creating the, uh, uh, the, the argument for a platform switch and then getting everyone on board and how'd you make the decision? That was actually interesting because, you know, we're with we're Impact Radius now. And we have been now coming up, I think it's coming up on two years when we first started um, onboarding with them. And we had been with ShareASale. We'd been on a bunch of networks and platforms. Uh, we'd been exclusive to ShareASale for a few years. And you know, we were pretty happy with that situation because, I mean, Brian was a great partner. Um, the, the team there was amazing. Um, we've never had a better customer support relationship than we had with those guys because I mean we could be on Slack with Brian at eleven o'clock, you know, saying, hey, it'd be really yeah, cool if yeah. the product could do this. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later he'd be like, hey, check this out. It does that. And we were yeah. like, wow. Or we'd get a call saying, hey, I don't, I don't think uh, you guys allow this kind of stuff to go on. So I took care of this guy for you. And so it was pretty mind blowing. And so it, honestly we we were so happy in that relationship that we weren't even looking around and we had the guys from impact and partnerized and a bunch of the other you know, big networks that were chasing yep. us for a long time. And we had just blown people off and blown people off. And then, you know, once Brian took his earn out, once we started to see, you know, things changing a little bit with share of sale, we started to open up our minds a little bit and have a listen to what everybody was up to. Um, I got a chance to go and hit the, you know, hit the uh, Rakuten event and, um, in Brooklyn, I went out to CJU and um, got some time with with their CEO and you know saw what they were up to. Um, we talked with the guys from Partnerize, talked with Impact, and you know once we were able to finally you know dive into you know what the different technologies were bringing to the table and 
what the uh, what the cost structures look like, um, the decision you know pretty much made itself. And it was funny because I think Joe was one of the biggest share of sale loyalists known to man. And I, I knew that, you know, the yeah. time was right when he finally came to me and said, like, you're meeting with Impact at Summit, right? I was like, uh, I said, yeah. He said, we'll do the deal. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and awesome. up until that point, he had been, you know, very fiercely protective of, of the share of sale relationship, which was cool because, I mean, we, we yeah. had a good deal and we had great support. And so moving away from that, even though we were a very big fish on a relatively small pond, made a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, because we 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 wouldn't have been taken care of as well with a bigger network. You know, there's just yeah. no way because you're just you're just another internet retailer top fifty, with you know yeah. among twenty five or thirty if you go with one of those other platforms. But in the end, it actually ended up being a big a big cost savings for us. You know, and you know, just by virtue of a different deal structure, you know, we were able to put together you know a pretty big win in terms of both technology and in terms of um, you know having a better price set up. So. It hasn't been easy. I mean, it's it's. I mean, platform changes are always a huge pain in the ass, and I think we we finally finished the migration um, at the end of December because oh, we wow. we were a little bit slower than I wanted it to be, and with a few of the programs. And so I said, you know what, I'm not going to turn over the, you know, turn over the truck here in Q4. I just can't do that. And so we yeah, kind of let yeah. things play out. Um, if people wanted to move over, we moved them. But if they didn't, we just let it play out. And then at the end of, G- of December, we said, look, okay, we're turning everything off. So we're finally off of, uh, we're, we're exclusive on impact now for the, you know, 99% of what we're doing. And the other, you know, the last program will close out probably at the end of the year. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we always recommend. You know, you can run those two concurrently and you give people time, give them time to to make the switch when when they feel it's right. Well, Wade, this has been outstanding. I really I, I think our listeners are going to enjoy just a real deep dive into so much. Uh, today and with with uh, you know you guys have run such a vibrant uh, and uh, award winning program. It's it's great to have you on the show and, and just listen to all the things that you guys are doing. So I I thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, if anyone wants to join the Fanatics program or they want to ask you more about some of the topics that we discussed today, what's the best way for them to either follow or get a hold of you um, or join the program? Yeah, they can they can find us. Um, you know, you can get follow the links back off the off the site. You can find us on in the you know Impact Marketplace, um, or you can you can uh, you know, hit us up. Um, you know, just partners at fanatics.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Wade. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Wow. What an hour. Wade, thank you so much uh, for joining me today. And to our audience, there was a whole lot there. How to communicate with affiliates, um, how to manage your media partners and your key players during these key uh, events. And I love the story how this past Black Friday, that period of time, those three, four days, they did as much as the first year that Wade was there. Congrats, Wade. You're a phenomenal uh, leader over there. Do great things with that program. It's, It's a program that if you're an affiliate marketing, you need to be following so you can watch and learn from what Wade and Joe and their team are doing. And we're actually gonna have Joe on the podcast in just about a month. So you'll hear even more of this stuff. We'll be able to dive into some of the things I wasn't able to with uh, with Wade. One of the things I wanted to highlight for our listeners is how they do affiliate recruiting. 
So they look at the audience first. Where are those audiences happening? And those audiences are coalescing around teams. That's their target market. Uh, but they're also coalescing about around the success of these individual teams. So they go out and they find those fan sites, those content developers, whether through tools like Media Rails or they just go out and find it. And then they start to cultivate those relationships. In a space like that, that relationship has to be you know, paramount to everything is sometimes these events make all their money within 12 hours of an event happening. So it's super big. I also really enjoyed how they divide their team up in the tasks. And Wade's look at leadership is, you know, find those, uh, the things that people are good at and put them there. Uh, it goes back to, uh, I think about what many of my coaches have always told me, you get the right people in the right seats on the bus. And that's where you have uh, a lot of success. So lots of really good stuff in here. If you've made a platform change, definitely go back or you're thinking of making a platform change. Go back and listen to that section. Uh, but wanna highlight our newsletter sign up. The, the link will be in the uh, podcast description. So go sign up for the newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything JEB Commerce and the affiliate space. And if you need any help, you can email us at gethelp at jebcommerce.com or you can go to calendly.com slash Jamie Birch and you can set up 15 minutes, 30 minutes, even an hour of my time. Uh, I've made uh, certain parts of my week available to you to help you with any of your affiliate needs. So if you wanna figure out, man, how do I maximize my ROI this year? How do I get new affiliates into the program? How do I do some of the things that uh, Wade and I talked about today? You can definitely reach me there. Now, if you do want to sign up for the Fanatics Affiliate Program, or follow what they're doing over there, uh, you can find them in the Impact Marketplace. You can go to fanatics.com and follow the links there for the affiliate program. You can email them at partners at fanatics.com. And that's partners at fanatics.com. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review, whether that's an Apple podcast, Stitcher, uh, or any other podcast player, please give us a five-star recommendation. It goes a long way uh, to helping others find our podcast and share it. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform that you tend to use. We would love uh, to see that and to hear from you. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can also email me at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this time. And Wade, thank you for spending a little over an hour with me today. <laughs>